Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors 116-113 win against the Charlotte Hornets. Riker, the, the guys are on a two-game winning streak, obviously beating the Hornets in back-to-back -back games, but a bit of a mess once again, but they were able to pull out the W, which has been a lot better than the start of the season. Ben, they're not just on a two-game winning streak, they are undefeated over the last stretch of two games of basketball put some hype on us the raptors for the first time this year have strung together two consecutive wins you strip away the fans the fans from the arena and all of a sudden the raptors start winning now in a manner that is very unspectacular especially against a not extremely competitive charlotte hornets team the raptors again kind of struggling to close this one out really allowing charlotte to sneak their way back in have a shot really to tie it send it to overtime etc pascal siakam struggled a little bit this one but thank god we have chris boucher on the team there to just steady everything to hit those alley-oop layups and uh, it is what it is ben it's another win yeah, the bench tonight, you brought up Chris Boucher. Boucher, Norman Powell really carried us in this one. We did have a sort of well-rounded performance. No one really, if you just watched the game, tuned in. No one stood out completely, maybe aside from Norman Powell, but even then, he had some missed shots. But Boucher and Norm off the bench, they were the two guys that really just were the difference makers, especially with Siakam struggling. Norman Powell with 24 points, six threes made. I think all of his field goals were threes, but he came out and really knocked down some, some shots, which were essential to go up against that Charlotte Hornets zone defense. And as you mentioned, as we've mentioned in all of our last few games, Chris Boucher with 20 points, nine rebounds, five of seven from the field. And Two of those guys we've talked about potentially making the starting unit, and we debated in a full video there a couple, I think it was last week, where we were talking about one of those guys should at least, at least one of them should be inserted into the starting unit. Baines, in his four minutes per game, got zero points, three rebounds, didn't play horrible in this four-minute stretch, but the Raptors didn't look good with him out there. Do you think a Boucher or Norman Powell, especially after their... Well, Norman Powell's performance tonight and Boucher's stretch of performances make that starting unit because we could really use some help to start out these games, Riker. And Chris Boucher has been shooting 47% from three on the season. Yep. We're calling him Curry Gobert, and he shot 50% again, 71% for the game. The Raptors were down 12 to 2 in the first three, four minutes of the game when Aaron Baines went out. As soon as they insert Chris Boucher into the lineup, they go on a 21 to 7 run. This guy, he needs to be in the mix. And I have raised the question to say, if you put Chris Boucher into the starting lineup, are you now losing the spark of having really no one to come off the bench? Well, with Norm Powell's inconsistencies, that is. And I think, you know what, that's almost a moot point. Chris Boucher, he's playing all of these minutes with Pascal, with OG, with Kyle Lowry, with Fred Van Vliet for the most part. And he's still able to go out and do these things because of his confidence, his rebounding, his hustle. He's doing all the things that Pascal Siakam used to do that earned him that $120 million contract, which mm -hmm. is why I keep razzing him to say, should we give Pascal Siakam's <laughs> contract to Chris Boucher? He's, he just deserves it, Ben. He's just been on such a fantastic stretch of basketball. And we look at the box score. I mean, Norm, 20. Chris Boucher, 20. Fred, uh, Kyle Lowry almost 20. Fred Van Vliet double-double with assist. OG almost 20. How was the game that close against Charlotte, Ben? Yeah, looking at the box score, it's kind of, 
you don't even know how it's happened because you don't really see we're used to the Raptors when they're all playing well or maybe only one guy struggling we're crushing teams especially like the Hornets we're only really in games against the top tier upper echelon teams in the NBA but they've just gone through lulls through stretches of these games which has been really weird to see because we just five minutes six minutes without a bucket without a field goal and we let these teams back in the game, and that same thing happened tonight. Fortunately, the past two games, we've been able to close it out because this entire season, we've had a lot of stretches where we look really good. People are getting their stats, and the Raptors look like the traditional Raptors, and then we struggle for stretches, and then we can't close the game. At least we're closing the game right now, Now, not necessarily against the most top-tier talent in Charlotte, even though they have had a solid record, better record than us so far this season, but... This team, I like the fact that we're able to close. You mentioned Chris Boucher down the stretch of these games were re- was really strong in just being a roll offensive player where he goes in, he's not afraid of anything, drawing contact, shooting the shots, making clutch free throws. So Boucher's been such an asset, and I agree with you. I think Boucher should be in starting this inserted into the starting unit. Aaron Baines has really struggled, and the Raptors just look a lot more the the offense is just way more cluttered with him out there. So it's Boucher, you get him right off the bat. And we saw lineups with OG Ananobi and Stanley Johnson, Riker, running center tonight. Stanley Johnson, I loved his switchability. He knocked down a couple threes. We might be sleeping on this guy being a potential backup five. And I know he's shorter, but he mentioned in a post-game interview that he's a big guy. He can play those positions. So what are your thoughts on that tonight, Stanley Johnson's performance? It's too much of a stretch here now about uh, (laughs) basketball. Now basketball. Ben, this guy, yeah, he went out there. He was 100% from the field, two for two. Both of those were three-point attempts. And he, I think that the one real nice thing was when they had him out there for that final defensive possession, they forced uh, a turnover because uh, the, the the Hornets weren't able to get a shot off in time because it's exactly like you said, you knew Devonte Graham or Terry Rozier was going to be getting up that final shot. And instead of having a tall Chris Boucher or whomever out there being slow on the switch, they had Stanley Johnson that came in there collapsed. He was able to be a little bit more mobile and stay in front of these guards that to their benefit, they are, or to their accomplishment or whatever, they're very quick guards. So I think that that was good. But you look at his net game, he was still a minus 14. So to have this guy out there in a start, as the center in a lineup, it wasn't beneficial towards the Raptors, not in the same way that Chris Boucher, Norman Powell, they impacted positively their lineups that they were on. But I do agree with you that it does give the Raptors a different kind of defensive look, especially for closing games when you know a team's going to go out there. They have to shoot a three. You don't want your slow bigs out there running around the perimeter. It makes sense. And to his credit, Stanley Johnson has played with much better IQ over the last couple of games, man. Yeah, but I see the plus minus, but it's hard to extrapolate on plus minus on very small sample sizes. But the the way we were able to switch on the defensive end, blitz these Charlotte Hornets players. I know the, the Hornets obviously went on a few runs with Stanley Johnson out there, but I think a lineup of OG Stanley Johnson and Pascal Siakam can really get things done, especially when Chris Boucher is on the bench, who's really our only guy tall enough to play the center position in our rotation right now. So I think I'd like to see that a little bit more. Let us know in the comment section what you guys think on that, because that's an interesting lineup we can have out there. And maybe if we're sacrificing a bit of height on the in our big men, we just have a lot larger unit. Maybe if we run Norman Powell, the shooting guard, because he did a solid job just boxing out and getting a couple rebounds tonight. I, I don't mind that lineup out there. I kind of like that look. Maybe even a Bembry could get some rotation minutes in here. But the Raptors, 
Kyle Lowry, we kind of have gone as far as he's taken us over the past few seasons, or, well, since he's been, since we traded Jose Calderon away, Lowry's really carried us to the, to the promised land, and tonight, he went down with an ankle injury, really scared me, but without Kyle Lowry down the stretch of this game, we are a complete mess, Riker. Yeah, and well, you look at his plus minus too, and he wasn't amazing. But again, this guy—he's a performer. He's when when the time when the spotlight shines, when the Raptors need some player to step up the most. Kyle Lowry is typically the guy that's getting things done. And I was hoping to save this until the segments, until the spicy play. But ultimately, the Ra- the Charlotte Hornets—they claw their way back in this one. You said they closed the game. They didn't. Re- the Raptors didn't really close. They just managed to survive this one. Gordon Hayward, I think he tied up 112, 112. Maybe that mm. was too high of a score. Something like that. Maybe it was 110, 110, 108, 108. Whatever. Doesn't matter. And minute left. Raptors needed a bucket. I was afraid they were going to throw it down to the block with Pascal Siakam for another spin move fadeaway miss. Fortunately, I was wrong. Kyle Lowry, he hit the most inefficient shot in modern NBA basketball, the pull-up mid-range. That's his shot, hit, though. That's his shot. That's his shot. And he took it with such confidence, it's hard to believe that he could even miss those ones. That's the shot that he would make. Those are the playoff Kyle Lowry shots, the daggers, the sleepers, you know, that absolutely deflate the confidence of the opposing team when they're on a run looking to come back in this game. That's exactly what Kyle Lowry did. Put the Charlotte Hornets to bed. I mean, they made it close. They made it interesting with those couple of threes at the end. But ultimately, that's the shot that sealed the deal. That's why we can't be trading away Kyle Lowry. Who else would do that for the Raptors, Ben? Yeah, and unless we're trying to tank, there's no way we should get rid of Kyle Lowry down the stretch of these games. I mentioned it after the first Pascal Siakam busted beer. I want to see Kyle Lowry taking those shots. I know Siakam's our future, Fred's our future, even though G's our future, and he had that clutch shot in the playoffs and has hit clutch shots in the past. But in terms of creating your own bucket when there's nothing really going on, Lowry just finds a way to do it, and he's experienced, he's a vet, he's he's a true winner. And if we traded him, I think this team would go... Pretty down a dark, rough path, at least for this season. So we'll we'll leave all that. I guess we kind of talked about it, but let's swing into the segments. Tonight, the spicy P-Lay of the day. I know we just mentioned the, the Kyle Lowry sort of dagger at the end of this one. Do you have any other ones in mind, Riker? It has to be that shot, Ben. To let this game slip would have been <laughs> disappointing, to say the least. And... and that's on form. Mm-hmm. And this is also my thought, too, about Pascal Siakam taking those shots to close games. You'll let him take it in the regular season. He also, size-wise, not a lot of matchups that'll be bigger and able to stay in front of him. So it kind of makes sense just from a shot creation standpoint that you want a guy like Pascal Siakam to shoot, whereas Kyle Lowry probably is going to have a shooting guard or a small forward on him. But come playoff time, if you're drawing up a play for Pascal and not Kyle Lowry, that's the wrong move. No two ways around it. He just showed why tonight. He He's a shot creator. When the moment needs him, Lowry's there. Yeah, no, Kyle Lowry's our guy. There's a couple other plays. I want to give a shout-out to Stanley Johnson for the defensive stretch he had at the end of this one. Really clamped up uh, Devontae Graham on one of those final possessions. Did a great job of not fouling. And on that final possession materials there, he tried to sell it like... I forget who did it in the other game. A couple games ago we had with the, the leg kick out. Terry Rozier tried to, yeah, yeah, tried to sell one of those shots. And you can see it clearly on the replay. Stanley Johnson didn't even touch him. So positive plays on the defense end for Stanley Johnson. A couple of uh, spicy plays out there. But not all plays can be the spicy play of the day. And some just make you say, oh, 
Jeez, Riker. And OG Ananobi had a really strong game tonight, but there was a couple possessions where, again, he's just dribbling the ball straight into the Charlotte Hornets defense. We've been hyping up his handle over the, the bubble, and then he came into this season and he's looking like rookie OG in terms of dribble moves. Those were a couple of my plays. Do you have any other ones in mind, Riker? No, that's good. He redeemed himself. He had two really nice steals where he got in the <clears> passing lane and one really nice dunk as well. We probably could have included that in the spicy yeah. play, but you're right. We have really overhyped OG's ball handling, his ability to maybe create shots off the step, off the dribble, and he's regressed significantly, which is disappointing. <laughs> but I think he's averaging probably the most points of his career. I don't have his... Uh, I don't have a season stats in front of me, but it seems like he's consistently getting his shots up, so that's fine. 18-5, and five, but we're looking for OG to take that leap, and will it happen, yeah, will it th- not this happen? This is a quiet 18-5, yeah. and five, right? So yeah. if he was creating shots, he could be a 25-5 and five or a 30-5 and five He's guy. He's big, he's mobile, he, uh, I'm praying for OG to, to step it up, but finally the infamous, the one, the only, Damari Carroll Goldstar, and we haven't really touched on him too much in tonight's night's game, but Pascal Siakam struggled again from the field tonight, struggled to get his game going, and maybe it's the thick defenders in the Charlotte front court, but nine points, five rebounds, four assists. He's done a decent job at passing, not forcing his game this, this year, which is much improved from prior seasons when he's having off nights, but Again, 0 for 5 from the three-point line. You want to see Siakam be able to take over these games a, a little bit better, especially where he's supposedly your number one option. Riker, he's not looking super aggressive at times. He kind of looks a little bit lethargic again. He bounced back for a large stretch of games, but again, reverted back to his early season form tonight. What did you see from Siakam in this game? Yeah, I, I understand Bismack Biombo. He is an intimidating presence in there, but... Pascal Siakam should have an extraordinary advantage in terms of quickness and step off the dribble. And then, yeah, you know, you said a PJ Washington and who else? Miles Bridges. They're bigger, they're tougher bigs, but they're, they don't have the, the size or the length, I think, in order to be able to really defend Pascal Siakam down the post, which is why I'm giving him the gold star because he's shooting five threes. He's 0 for 5 this game. He doesn't need to. That We have shooters around you. Post up on the low block. Do a dribble move. Do your spin. Take your time. Have patience in the lane. Do your baby hook over those guys. <laughs> like, eventually, those shots should go in. These are smaller defenders. Maybe not in terms of strength, but in terms of length. And so that's why he's getting it tonight, because he's been good over the last four or five games. So this one is a real step back for Siakam. Yeah, and the big thing, too, I'm noticing, because he has made a concerted effort to post up a little bit more, try and get deeper into the lane. But the thing about it is when he's struggling, instead of just backing his way in, he'll start being really indecisive on his moves. So he'll do a semi-spin, he'll go forward, he'll go back, he'll take two dribbles out. And then in one possession, he's taken 10, 11, 12, 15 straight dribbles. And then you got to see guys like Terry Rosier, Graham Ball. They're coming in and just poking the ball out from him. And you, that's where these turnovers come in. That's where these almost turnovers where it gets kind of poked out of bounds. That's happening to Siakam way too much right now. Last season, when he'd have a Gordon Hayward on him where he was quicker and bigger, where he when he had a Lamella Ball, we saw that a couple of times tonight, he just two straight dribbles straight to the rim and do a little post hook. And if he had someone bigger on him like Bismack Biombo, he made one nice drive on him today. It would be one dribble pop out, quick cross, straight to the rim. And 
Unfortunately, it's a lot more indecisive right now. We saw a lot of those actually indecisive plays from the Raptors tonight. Norman Powell carried the ball at one point. Siakam had a carry where he was just dribbling and he kind of picked it up and started dribbling again. That's just a team lacking confidence. And when your league guy is just indecisive like that, it, it rubs off on the rest of the team. So we're really going to need Siakam to, to be focused, ready to go. We're playing the Dallas Mavericks next. They're a lot better team than the Charlotte Hornets. We want to keep this win streak going. And we're on the right trajectory, Riker, but I'm not convinced. I'm not sold yet. No. And here's the thing. This is why having somebody like Marcus Smart, this is why having somebody like Patrick Beverly, guys that you hate to play against, it's impossible to be a fan of, they're actually they're beneficial to having on the team because they encourage the main guys when they're in a slump to just have confidence in themselves. You said it, it seeps off into the rest of the team. And it doesn't seem like Fred Van Vliet is the emotional leader yet that Kyle Lowry is. It doesn't seem like OG really offers a lot in terms of encouraging the rest of the team. You know, Chris Boucher is the only guy that's going out there with energy. And I think that he's inspiring confidence in the rest, but he's not there yet either. Cause he's just discovering how good he is yeah. in the NBA. So when Pascal Siakam is slumping, I think the rest of the team needs to pick him up, needs to get him to do exactly what you said, limit the dribble moves. You know, if you're messing up, just pass it to somebody else. You don't need hundred dribble moves in the, you know, between the paint and the three point line, just, running all around the place with like a chicken with the head cut off. It's hard to watch. So hopefully he turns it around. It is what yeah. it is. I said that at the beginning. It's a win. Yeah. It's the Charlotte and Hornets. One of those vocal leaders that, or a couple of those vocal leaders that we lost this offseason, Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka, obviously at the big man position. Lowry's always motivating the Malachi's, the Freds, all those players. But I think in terms of locker room guys, influence for, for Pascal Siakam. Probably a large part of that growth was Sergi Bach. He's even mentioned it in Marcus Gasol's just encouragement and veteran leadership. And now Siakam really should be stepping up into that role instead of being the one being motivated. But unfortunately, he still needs some people to pick him up. So I definitely agree with that point. But we'll see what happens. I, I trust from what we saw from Pascal Siakam in the past few games, he'll be able to turn it around. He's looking in better shape doing a few more dunks, looking a bit more energized. So the Raptors will be fine. Uh, it's going to be a fun game against the Dallas Mavericks because we haven't really played a strong team, it feels like, in a while. So hopefully we get this W, bounce back. Kristaps Porzingis is back now. Luka's there. So the Raptors, fun fun little couple games. Let's let's bring it going. But you guys are the best to make this fire. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all the cool stuff. The TikTok's been on fire, so definitely check that out. Really appreciate everyone checking that over there. Uh, the website, cool articles going up left, right, and center. So, views happening over there. Leave some comments on the website. But, Riker, do you have any last words on this game? Jack Armstrong, he's loving life right now. I just checked the Ravens versus Bills score, and it's 17-3, to end of the third quarter. I'm racing off to watch it. I actually am not a huge football guy, but <laughs> let's go, Bills. So, I'm cheering for Jack. I'm cheering for Jack to cheer for the team that he wants. So, cheers. <laughs>